Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Wildfire and Flowers, the podcast. This is a space for soulful conversations, sensual embodiment, and cultivating self-love. My name is Vanessa DeMello, and I'm Paula Diku. We are heart-centered creatives here to support you in alchemizing your shadows into art. So grab your tea, take a mindful breath, and let's flow into the frequency. Welcome everybody to episode 43 of Wildfire and Flowers. I am so happy to have you here. Paula, tell everybody how happy you are to have them here. I'm so happy to have everybody here. And we, yeah, of course. And, you know, we're so excited to jump into this episode because it's something that is constantly relevant. It's one of like the universal laws. Yet, as humans, we get so attached to the idea of life and attached to certain moments and we want to recreate them. So, let's just get into it. Yeah. This one is about impermanence. Mm -hmm. And what comes with impermanence is, you know, this idea of releasing attachments as well. It's like a very, yeah, as I mentioned, a universal law. This is one of the laws in Buddhism as well. And impermanence is something that we need to also be mindful of in just everyday life, in your relationships, in every single thing that you do. We kind of talked about this in episode 16 on the concept of home and what home is and how home can be so impermanent as well. And then when we were talking about this episode idea, I was thinking about it in regards to like baby's development because when, you know, when you play peekaboo with a child, they really find it so entertaining because they don't have the concept of something called object impermanence. So it's this out of sight, out of mind thing, which humans, (laughs) as we get older and as we're adults, we we don't have that because we like connection and and we Mm -hmm. attach ourselves to things. Mm -hmm. So it's like- who it's just it's just a really interesting concept of you know nothing is permanent um yeah before we like dive deeper into like things that we can do to get ourselves out of that state or just more chats about it paula is there anything you want to you want to kind of start us off with in regards to impermanence Mm. What's really funny, I think, is that the first visual I have in my mind when I think of impermanence is a flower. I can't even describe it. Immediately as you started talking, I was thinking of flowers. And when I look at these flowers and I see the beauty of it, but how it really does wilt and change before your eyes, when I think of impermanence, I think of like life and death in many ways, like the time that continuously passes and it being the most important thing that we do have as people and how we choose to spend it. Yeah. You know, honestly, growing up, especially I also, this is because I'm a lover girl. Okay. Mm -hmm, And I mm -hmm. like to admit it, but the idea of people gifting you flowers used to piss me off because I'm like, first of all, this thing's going to die. So what are you saying? Your love for me is dying. Like, it's over as soon as these flowers are done. But what it truly is, as I'm older and now I love flowers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, wildfire flowers, ha, ha, ha. What I learned is that the point of them is that they are not everlasting. 
And that's what makes it beautiful. It's to be mm-hmm. present and enjoy them in the moment that they are here. Because I don't last forever. Nobody lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. You're not supposed to. That's the beauty of life. So I love that flower analogy. That is so real when it comes to impermanence. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to impermanence, there's this conversation around attachments and connections because as humans we require connections that's where this concept of community comes into play that's how we learn and we breathe and we grow and we develop together but there is also a concept of um, overly dependency on Mm -hmm. others Mm -hmm. i think it's different when you are a child you do require or a baby you require that additional assistance you'll have to learn through that that's the type of connection you need and and that's where things feel permanent but of course you get older and that type of development changes and you once you become overly dependent on other adults that is a state of unhealthiness right so honoring impermanence And being present, that's like healthy, that's important. This concept of detachment is also super, super huge right now so that you don't live in a state of anxiety or depression. And yeah, so it's like really, really important to ensure that you're maintaining that balance. Now, now what is that balance? That's the question as well. That's what I was thinking because to what extent are we detaching when we think of impermanence? We understand that things are constantly changing. Nothing lasts forever, but it's so beautiful to care and attach as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But to what extent and to what end are we doing that? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah. When does it become unhealthy, right? At one point, does it cross the threshold of like, I care so much to, um, you know what, I'm detached. I don't want to like, almost like I no longer am going to be emotionally available if you detach so much. And it's just like, well, everything's changing anyway. Yeah. I think um, that feels super, super relevant to different pockets and areas of my life. I remember when yeah. I was in elementary school, constantly waiting for the moment where we would have our school dance like I would literally wait every day count down the days wait for it just fantasizing about the moment it would happen and then when it was over I was stuck in the past thinking about it thinking about how good it was until it was time for I the next one was coming up and then I just think about it so I was not present at all I mean I was to some degree but I was so stuck in the past or so stuck in the future, so looking forward to it and then so sad that it was over. So that's a state of unhealthiness. I think another analogy when you think about impermanence is a rope. You can hold on to the rope and you're holding on to it for stability, for, for presence, for being. And Then there's a thing called rope burn, where if you hold on to a moment too tight, you end up getting hurt. Your hands get hurt, right? So if you're trying to live in this state of sameness and consistency over and over again and trying to repeat something, that's against the universal nature of of what our um, human experience is. You're in a lose-lose game with that type of mentality. Attachment and connection is so important. It's this blissful presence that's the ideal state. 
But I guess I have a question in regards to that. Mm-hmm. What would be the difference? Because we know so much. Okay, we're quite emotionally intelligent, I'd say. We know I so think much. So. We're emotionally intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between knowing all these things about, you know, living in the future, living in the past, and being blissfully present. But what's the difference between being blissfully ignorant and just going through life and knowing you have to do what you have to do and not having that type of awareness? What do you think the difference is? Or is there? When you're blissfully ignorant, isn't there also a lack of care? Right. There's obviously you're not seeing, but you're choosing not to see on some extent because you're like almost like a tunnel vision, right? That's the mm. imagery here. And I think that's a great question, but when you're blissfully ignorant, I think collective care is always a part of everything. And like, wow, yeah, I actually have to think about that because Right? It's kind of a strange what? thought. And listeners let us know what your thoughts are. What's the difference between being blissfully present or even blissfully ignorant? We'll add a little question in um, through uh, through the listening platform of your choice. And we'll also kind of pose it on our Instagram and Facebook pages. But it's just, I don't know. But this is so real. I think there's a lot of we think we're being blissfully present, but in fact, we're being blissfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. But it depends on like certain standards. So for instance, are we being blissfully ignorant around we're so caught up in our own bubbles that we just don't care what's happening globally, collectively with others? Are we so caught up in our own bubble and our own routine that we don't even notice what's happening to our body and to our health? Are we so caught up in a little tunnel vision that we are pushing down our emotions? Are we so caught up? And to me, this leads to a blissfully ignorant, Mm. right? Yeah. Because there's cues, there's signs. Yeah, yeah, there totally is. And we have to listen to them and honor them. But there's also, again, that very fine balance because we're not supposed to be knowing every single thing that's going on. I'm not supposed to be acknowledging every time my heart beats, like it's just constantly beating. There's certain things that are at a standstill and we we just do them, right? But then bringing awareness to it in moments like breath work and and bringing moments to your breath and, and that awareness. Um, But if you were focused every single time on every little thing that was happening to your mind, that's overstimulation and that's also not healthy. But anyways, let's bring it back to the concept of of impermanence and, and attachments and being detached. What do you see as some of the negatives of also this concept of detachment, which is like a state that, you know, we want to be in. That's kind of the ultimate human experience of being detached. What are some of the downsides? Pushing down certain emotions that you don't want to feel. So you just go through with attachment. Like for instance, we don't love feeling sad. Mm-hmm. Like some people could be more comfortable in that state of sadness or melancholy than others, but it is not what I choose when I have the option of do I want to laugh or do I want to cry right now? What is going to feel good? And yet, and yet, crying can feel really good because it is that release. And so I find the attachment becomes an issue if we start bottling down our anger and avoiding the tears 
that want to come up because it can come up through different ways of like irritability, anxiety, maybe depression, maybe super fidgety, whatever it is, it could come up in different ways if you don't just, you know, like sit with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're so right in a sense that there's a very fine line between detachment and bypassing the emotions Mm -hmm. or bypassing a situation, just kind of like, I'm detached from it. Who cares? But care is throughout everything. If you say you don't care in a sort of passive aggressive way, it means you care enough to feel some sort of thing about it. So just acknowledge it. It's an icky feeling. You know, letting go of something can be icky as well. But, you know, when you also overly attach, there's this sense of suffering, right? But when you detach so much, you're also suffering because you're not feeling. So it's this really beautiful, important, fine balance between all of it. Now, let's healthy I guess, detachment. Yeah, I think we have to attach the word healthy on top of it, like healthy attachments, healthy detachments, healthy concept of impermanence and permanence, right? Because I mean, my idea of healthy might be different from somebody else based on their lived experience and how I would go about it. But I think it's this constant learning and experiencing and understanding of how you want to experience life that makes it important. So when it comes to honoring impermanence, attachment, and detachment, what are some ways that you go about it or some examples maybe that you have? The presence of being in your body as one way um, to practice that. I feel like that can come for me through some of the work that I do, photography, which is very body focused, for instance. And I think it's quite somatic and beautiful as a medium, but that also comes from someone that loves, you know, photography (laughs) and doing it. Um, Cold dips or cold therapy and being in that cold water, how much it brings me to the present. And essentially to me, when I think of, right, the impermanence or detachment, it's just a matter of me simply being here, perceiving what's in front of me, listening to what's in front of me. And of course, I'll vision towards the future, but I'll also won't, like you said, you had an imagery of a rope earlier, of like sometimes you're gripping so tightly and know at the end of the day that you still have choices to be making and material things. It comes down to, I think, a belief in philosophy as well of like material things aren't the most important things. So there's a, you know, level of detachment from that. Like I love beautiful things, but they're not the most important thing, right? It's more about the experiences and know that there's an abundance though of beautiful experiences. So I wouldn't attach to when this happened now this is the pinnacle and this is it. Or like even I've done this with photos. Sometimes I would look at a photo and be like, nope, this is it. This is the best I've done. But actually it's infinite. Creative potential is infinite. So where this kind of comes in, right, of I know that there's always going to be more beautiful experiences, more abundance. So keep flowing and ebbing as it goes. Mm, Powerful. Mm. I I really like that. Um, I think this also, I mean, we didn't really touch upon it like too much, but in regards to connections and relationships, 
the concept of impermanence or even, you know, friendships. You make a friend, you make a, a new connection, a new romantic relationship, and you want it to last forever. And you want that moment to last forever. But even that doesn't last forever. I mean, it can, but even within your forever container, there is growth and there is changes. You can't always be stuck to that moment. And I think that's what happens with a lot of connections where they get stuck on a certain moment and want to just relive that moment. Oh, it was not like this when we first met. Yeah, because then you grow and each individual grows and the relationship is its own like entity as well that grows. It's like you, me, and the relationship, you, me, and the connection. Those are three different things and they all grow and ebb in different ways too. And there's a sense of impermanence there with every single connection and attachment that you have. We have to care about it in order to also be detached from it. But it's just knowing that level. It's very, very fine. So I think that's a really cool thing to reflect on in your personal relationships. And something that I do and am relearning to do because I'm in a state where I have not been in a general meditative state, um, like just sitting and breathing sort of thing. I've been meditating through different creative outlets that bring me peace and pleasure, like dance, of course, that requires a lot of breath. Oh my gosh, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. That story, a side story from me. When I had dance rehearsal, because I had my showcase earlier this week, I had a rehearsal and I went off on one of the pieces during the rehearsal. We were going full out. And by the end of it, I was so winded. And it was just like a minute, 30 second routine. But I was winded out of my mind. And one of my dance peers looked at me and she's like, You didn't breathe, did you? And I'm like, No, like I went all out. I didn't breathe. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But that's a, not a good thing to be proud of. Vanessa, okay, like you need to breathe in order to, you know, bring everything to life. And you sometimes when you get so caught up in the in the moment of it, you also forget to breathe. But mm -hmm. this is why bring it back. Meditation is a really, really beautiful thing, no matter what type of meditative state, but this art of breathing, because breath is something that comes and it goes. It comes and it goes, and it's not forever. And witnessing even your thoughts coming and going when in a state of stillness or even if you're doing a walking meditation, okay? It's basically microdosing the concept of impermanence. It's recognizing that your breath, that one breath that you're taking, that one inhale and that one exhale, that's all. That's it. Then it's the next one. A thought comes through. Okay, cool. All right, let it go let it go. And it's rewiring your brain. It's literally taking your brain, which focuses on the object, on the concept of like plasticity and just making it more malleable and retraining it to recognize that, okay, this isn't forever. And that's a beautiful thing. That's what makes life what it is. That is the human experience. So kudos to meditation. It works. Where would we be? Where would we be without it? It's so healthy. I know people are like, oh, it's woo-woo. No, it's important. It's important in all aspects of your development and your human experience. It shapes the way you live out your life. Yes. 10 out of 10 recommend. 
10 out of 10. I want to draw attention to the line you said, microdosing on impermanence. I think mm. that is so beautiful. I knew you'd like that one. That was so beautiful. I want everybody <laughs> to write that down in their journals. Let's <laughs> microdose on impermanence. Take a breath. Yeah, that's it. That's poetic. Breath is just, you know, taking that big concept and breaking it down into baby steps and making it happen. The type A in me is very proud of myself for doing that because I'm trying to, you know, reel back to right. grounding, you know, right. that's important. So baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Yes. But as it relates to, this is backtracking to the relationships when you were speaking to that and like, oh, this moment, yeah, you know, like, it's not like it once was, no, no, no. Isn't love freedom? Yeah. Isn't love freedom? That I feel is the overarching umbrella here. Yeah. That concept of if you love something, let it go. But in a sense that be okay to let it be free. Yeah. Love is freedom. Care is freedom. Life is freedom. But in regards to, which is like, you know, what we talked about just in our last episode. (laughs) (laughs) I can go into a slippery slope of life is freedom. Whoa, 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 whoa. Different, yeah, <laughs> slightly different scope there, but in regards to impermanence and the human experience and this present conversation, there is a sense of love and there's that sense of freedom and the balance of attachment and detachment and how love is underlying. Love is underlying for everything that we ever talk about. Isn't that the purpose? Love, getting back to love. That's it. Of it all. That's why we're here. Isn't that it? That's it. Yeah. Point blank. <laughs> <laughs> why are we here? Why are we doing this? Getting back to love. Getting back. Yeah, that's it. Self-love, community love, general love. Love it. <laughs> are there any final thoughts in regards to impermanence and attachments and detachments that we have? I think we covered it all for this moment in time anyway. Slay. I agree. Okay. All right. Thank you everybody so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Please email us at hello at wildfireandflowers.com. If you have any questions, check out our Instagram at wildfire.and.flowers. Add us on Facebook, follow our page there. Um, Did I connect everything? I think so. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, (laughs) rate us, all the fun stuff. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode. Bye.